Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Stillhouse Junkies. We recorded this in September at my home in Portland, Oregon. It's October, which is Get Up in the Cool month, the month where I remind you that Get Up in the Cool is listener-supported and ask you to become one of those supportive listeners. It takes a lot of work and resources for me to keep this show going every week. And as I am not independently wealthy, I cannot do this without your help. You'll, of course, get some lovely extra rewards for pitching in. For instance, this week's interview is available for Patreon subscribers as a full video episode. For higher levels of support, you can get access to the weekly bonus track podcast where my guests and I play an additional tuner song, or maybe you'll spring for the entire digital catalog of Get Up In The Cool music featuring every tune and song ever played on the show. I think there are just short of 2,000 tracks up there right now. And at the highest level of support, you can join me every month for an online banjo workshop where I walk through a tune recently featured on the show and get a complimentary membership to pitchforkbanjo.com, my instructional banjo series. But whatever tier you sign up for, the real reward is knowing that you did your part to ensure the continued existence of your favorite old-time music podcast. So head on over to patreon.com slash getupinthecool or follow the link in the show notes in your podcast app and please select a tier that you can sustain because that helps me make my budget for the coming year. Thanks to everyone who supports the show on Patreon, and I'd like to give a special shout out to Jillian, last name withheld, and Steve and Lita Shapiro, who signed up to support the show last week. Thank you so much. And thanks to James Adelson, who raised their pledge amount. It it means so much to me. Thank you all for keeping the show going every week. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Stillhouse Junkies. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Good morning. <laughs> wow. Uh, I feel all like ready to like kick ass yeah. <laughs> after that tune. What a cool tune. It's a rager. I know yeah. that's like our preferred warm up method almost. Like last night at the show, we. We just jumped right into something. And... We jumped right into our hardest, longest tune. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't even get a sound check, so that was... It, what was, it was <laughs> like, I think there was no pause breaks for like a good 15 minutes or something. It's probably... You went into the yeah. next one. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we do that. That's one way to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I was like, oh my God, this is... Most highly arranged band that I've ever like seen. <laughs> this is amazing. Is the whole thing gonna be like this? There were some some little moments to breathe, which was which was also good. Yeah. yeah. Eventually. Well, yeah. For everyone, we have to. Yeah. Have yeah. Sec- we have to. We need palate cleansers as well. Yeah. Plus, it gets awkward because people don't know when to applaud, and then we have to be like, you I want to. I want to say thank you. <laughs> uh, still, house junkies, welcome to get up in the cool. Thank you. Uh, Thanks so much for having us, Kim. Fred Kozak and Cody Tennant. Buenos dias. (laughs) I met you all, I think it was the first time I met you all, in in Durango. Or um, I guess I met you, Cody, in Durango, Colorado, when Tall Poppy was coming through, and I met you two. Um, Where were we at that point? I forget the name. Uh, Dolores. Dolores, Dolores River Brewery. Yeah. Yep. We, good pizza. Very yes. good pizza. Yeah, I was really impressed. Yep. Yeah, and we got back from being on the road for 78 days the night before, and Cody had no- had noticed that Tall Poppy was coming through, and like, yep, yeah, well, we're going to go see a show the, the night that we get back. Like, we can't miss that. So. Uh, George, we were, Mark, and I were all just like, I can't believe they're like... <laughs> coming out like (laughs) we would not be doing this we would be like you know you know just total private like netflixing or or whatever it was well well worth it i think for us like you know we i've all made the choice to live in durango and it's a it's a little bit of a sacrifice sometimes especially uh culturally because there's just not as many bands coming through our area so when well, one does come through, we gotta show you got to take advantage. Right. You got to take advantage. Yeah, <laughs> I respect if it's that. A touring band, you know, big time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, Alyssa and Cody, you're both from Durango, correct? I am born and raised. I was born in northern Arizona in Page, and not too far away. Not too far. Yeah. I'm southwestern for sure, Colorado and Arizona. Is yeah. And you're from Duluth, Fred? Uh, my dad is from Duluth. I'm from Connecticut, but I was born in France. And grew, wow. up, okay. grew up in Connecticut. Uh, but yeah, I'm a New Englander, is how I d- identify. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, you, yeah, you could have fooled me. Yeah. I wasn't not- getting like strong wasp uh, energy, <laughs> you know, from Fred. No, yeah, we don't have enough money for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a compliment. <laughs> Although I didn't fun. grow up at a boarding school, which is about the waspiest situation you could ever I mean, Fred imagine. is. Uh, an onion of a man. I was going to say, yes. is the whole in- interview going to be, end up going to be about be. Fred and, about and Fred's Fred. juggling like all the different identities <laughs> and roles you juggle. Got okay. a few different things in the back pocket. Yeah. All right. Well, I can't wait. Maybe we'll have to have a part two. Uh, so, well, maybe we can start in uh, the Southwest and we can talk about what was it like growing up uh 
I guess, w when did you find traditional music? What does that look like in the Southwest in general, in Colorado maybe specifically? Uh, and uh, what kinds of things are common? What kinds of things are rare to find? And uh, pop popcorn, whoever wants to jump in. There's yeah. probably going to be a little bit of crosstalk here. Yeah, why don't you start us talk about like the Durango growing up there and stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, growing up in Durango, there's always been the Durango Bluegrass Meltdown. It, there's always been that. Like, even since I was a kid. Awesome. I started 25 going to plus that, years. Yeah. I mean, range. so yeah, it probably started when I was like already in the world. But like from when I remember going to it, I was still pretty young. Yeah. Um, and that was my first introduction to like folk and bluegrass music. And then my dad would take me to the Pagosa folk and bluegrass, um, which is in Pagosa Springs. And they do the Pagosa folk and bluegrass and then just the Pagosa folk fest. So there's one in June and one in September. And I used to go to those pretty often. And that's where I saw like Daryl Anger, Casey Dreesen, Sarah okay. Watkins, like Nickel Creek. Yeah. That was my introduction, like Mark cool. O'Connor, all those people. And that's, kind of where I got it in my blood for the first time. I would say at least the folk and tradition side. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we should like clarify, cause I didn't, this was the Tall Poppy tour that like, I was like, I'm out, I'm not planning this one. And <laughs> Mark and George, but I didn't know where I was for and most of the time. first time in Colorado. Yeah, in the state at all. Which yeah. is so cool. great. Other than yeah. the airport, which doesn't count. Yeah. Although I guess that's a very interesting airport. Yeah, yeah you, we can do a podcast uh, about yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> the conspiracy <laughs> theories, the Illuminati and the Denver airport. Yeah, we could talk about that. Uh, so Durango, if I remember right, all the way in the lower left-hand corner. Yep. Almost yeah. New Mexico, almost Utah. Yeah. And then like Pagosa is like in the middle. Pagosa is like if you were to drive west, like towards Den, like if you're going to drive to Denver, it's one hour west. East. East. Oh my gosh. My brain. Tour brain. It's one hour west of Denver, which is in the east. Right. Yeah. Great. Well, okay. it's one hour east of Durango. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> it would be right. like five hours from Denver. Okay. But it's very Sorry. close to Durango. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So that festival gets a lot of Durango La Plata County people going to it. Yeah. And then did you grow up like playing mm -hmm. classical violin and then you were introduced to the music at these two festivals? Yeah. I mean, I, I used to drive down to Albuquerque actually and take violin lessons because when I was a kid, it was just hard to find really, really strong classical violin teachers in our town. Yeah. So I was very much in the classical world playing orchestra and just focusing on that because I thought that was what I was supposed to do. And I was introduced to the folk and bluegrass world, but I didn't really make the connection that I could do that. So I had to like take a break from music when I was like 17, 18 and come back to it in my twenties to realize I could make that connection. Yeah. So actually, I mean, I would like jam with my dad. We would like jam summertime and uh -huh. play like Tim O'Brien senior. And yeah. okay. Yeah. Like my, I would like kind of play with my dad, but, and he took, I remember he took me to some jams, but it still, for some reason, didn't connect in my brain that I could dive fully into that when I was a kid. Yeah. It's just the thought never occurred to yeah, you. Yeah. Just like literally never occurred to me that I could like be a fiddler. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because it's so obvious. Yeah, it's the same yeah. instrument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I was just playing in orchestras and playing concertos. Yeah, which kind of led to you eventually, like stopping. Well, yeah, I got burned out, like a lot of classical musicians do. Well, it's kind of yeah, punishing and yeah. competitive and yeah. And as a perfectionist, it's hard to be in that world because it's just you're too hard on yourself. Yeah, yeah, it kind of feeds that. 
Yeah. Which, yeah, that in itself is like nature versus nurture. Like how many kids that have that kind of instruction from like seven years old to like adulthood are not going to like turn out like that. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty high stress environment yeah, it's to like learn in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Although fid- I will say fiddlers still find a way to beat themselves up. And oh, 100%. Yeah. I think any, mu- any <laughs> yeah. musician, you know, that is playing this instrument. Is striving, well, in, <laughs> yeah. any instrument, but striving yeah. to like, you know, be better. Uh, yeah. You, it's always, well, you're always beating yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely walk off stage like most nights being like, you know, with a list of things that I screwed up. Yeah, we all like sad pandas sometimes. Yeah, we get <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, nothing not, not we're like sad about is real, yeah. really. Yeah, but I but I guess the 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 pretenses of like uh, folk musics uh, or pop pop popular versions of folk music or whatever mm-hmm. are very different than like if you like fuck up a a concerto, it's like. A disaster, yeah. Because because you don't play it like at bars every night, right? yeah. No, yeah. yeah. So you play it like once or twice or whatever, yeah. yeah. And it's like people who know the piece know the piece, and if you mess up, everyone knows you messed up. The good news now, when we play our original music, we know we messed up, <laughs> right? Most of the time, the audience is yeah. Yeah. nobody knows yeah. it well enough to, to notice. <laughs> and if you have a if you have a fan that's like that that notices, that's like a good problem, uh-huh. right. you know, it's like, well, you have a yeah. very dedicated oh, fan. And you know what? There, everyone has a clam from time to time. It's just, yeah. it's bound to happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, clams are delicious. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think, yeah, um, I do remember I went to the Mark O'Connor string conference. I know Rachel Bayman mentioned she went to Hell, that yeah, as well. Yeah. And that was really cool. And again, I remember like being in a room with a bunch of students and uh, at that particular class, Natalie McMaster was like teaching a tune by ear. Oh, yeah. And I remember sitting there and just like not understanding how to play it because she didn't hand out music. Yeah. And I was so young at that time. I just remember being like, well, how like how is everyone playing this if we don't have music? Yeah. And I, I think what I needed at that time was like a mentor who was like, hey, here's how to play by ear. So I'm always like really happy for young people who have powerful mentors in their lives. It's really important. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't make you don't connect the dots. Yeah. So some of those things that like I remember when I first started teaching music, um, there's just like all these things that I thought were obvious, but just like aren't. Like when I was teaching piano lessons, you know, like the low notes are to the left mm-hmm. and the high notes are to the right. Yeah. That's completely arbitrary. Also, what are low notes and what are high notes? Yeah. You know, it's like all that stuff is yeah. really complicated and it actually has to be explained. You take it uh-huh. for granted yeah. if you have yeah. that knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think beginner students, like we have all taught uh, and have kind of scaled back teaching as we've gotten busier, but we've all taught beginner level students and they're the ones that ask those questions sometimes. Yeah kind of innocently like why is why isn't there an an h you know (laughs) (laughs) and and, you know i don't have answers to really any of those questions but you know you occasionally get a question like oh yeah i just just because i mean it's just the way it is it's the reason you know the center line is yellow like you know yeah (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know where that that's a whole podcast for for you know unto itself i guess well when did it when did it actually occur to you Alyssa, that 
you could do it? Like, what was the moment that, after you took your classical music break? Uh, I was in my mid-twenties, and I, I had moved back to Durango and was starting to go to local bluegrass jams and struggling to figure out how to do this whole improv thing by ear. And um, I think, I don't know if there was like a moment in particular that I can remember, but it was like a progression of moments. Yeah. Um, started sitting in with like local bands and getting opportunities to get up on stage and play by ear and started to figure it out. I'm trying to think if there was like a moment in particular, I don't think so. I think it was just like over time, I just kind of started to figure out. Yeah, it sounds like you were, you already had it in mind. You were exposed early enough that you're like, this is something maybe. Yeah, yeah, when I moved back to Durango, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a career. And I did have the thought, I wonder if I can do music. Yeah. I did have that thought. An audacious sure. thought. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, at that point, you had lived in yeah Washington D.C. and you had this like serious corporate job. Yeah. And you were like doing really well, and then you bailed and moved back. To oh, I love these stories. Yeah. The downwardly mobile. Yeah. Into folk music yeah. performing yeah. stories. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Planned Just, poverty. Uh, we're, yeah, we're three out of three on that front. Yeah, all three okay. of us left. Good jobs. What what was the cor- did you sign an NDA when you left? What was the corporate job that you was, <laughs> you did? Do you want to tell us? Yeah, I was working for a company in D- in actually Arlington, Virginia, called Maypi Manufacturers Alliance. Yeah, and my job was to sell council memberships to these senior corporate executives around at big global manufacturing companies around the world. Yeah. So I would get on the phone and I would email and reach out to these VPs and CEOs and be like, hey, can I have 10 minutes of your time? And then I'd get 10 minutes of their time and I'd try to sell them on a membership to our organization. Yeah. Um, and then that progressed kind of into like a job where I was actually running some of these like group councils for these executives, which is hilarious because I would kind of just facilitate the meeting but not know what they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I was running around in like pencil skirts and heels and wow. living the like DC life. Oh my God. Yeah. Had a dog in an apartment. And <laughs> shopped at Whole Foods all the time. And... Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And then I came back to Durango. I was like, what am I going to do with all these clothes? I gave <laughs> Not some... Durango clothes. Not Durango's Durango like, clothes. Is it like an old gold mining town? Kind of. I mean. Kind of? It's, uh, I guess it's mostly there because of the, the, it was like more silver mining. Yeah. Oh, okay. Especially cool. up in Silverton. Yeah. There was, yeah, I don't know. There was mining in the area there, but it was also kind of the a waypoint for yeah. stuff coming out Durango of the mountains. Durango itself was more. It was, you know, it was like a train town where it, right. stuff would get shipped off to bigger cities from there. And, but like, now it's a a very like a bustling outdoor recreation yeah. community. Right. So like I would, what I would say, like the main vibe of Durango is for sure, and lots of artists. But still not like a pencil skirt oh, no. town. Yeah. No. no. It's yeah. got I mean, a pretty authentic like mountain town yeah. kind of Colorado. Jeans, vibe. hoodies, flannel. Athleisure. Athleisure. Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, aggressively unfashionable. Yeah. We always joke Cody's the best dressed man in Durango. I mean he is the best dressed. Like I don't know anyone who dresses is, as nice as Cody. Probably is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean you you Cody, you look like you're doing the Durango Southwest thing, but you're like, I'm going to very intentionally yeah. engage with it. Yes. In a way that feels very honest in the way that you come by it. 
Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah, That's and not and not yeah. drag. I appreciate yeah. that. Not that there's anything wrong with drag. <laughs> of course not. I yeah. love drag, but yeah. I do. Yeah, it's funny because I like I kind of like pushed away my southwestern roots because I grew up like staring at Cocapelli lamps in my parents house and stuff when I was a kid. <laughs> What's a Cocapelli lamp? Cocapelli is like an indigenous symbol that's been kind of co-opted by you know like people in the southwest okay, to represent great. the southwest. It's like yeah, an it's old the pictograph. Fl- it's, it's the like flute the- playing. Oh yeah. yeah. I know. I yeah, can't like, pretend, I won't pretend to know like which indigenous yeah. people it specifically, specifically comes from but yeah, it was like a big thing in the 90s like people were getting Cocapelli tattoos and stuff. But anyway, now right. I kind of have embraced that. Yeah, that's where I'm from, and like a lot of uh, you know my relatives like dressed like this when I was growing up. So to me, it's kind yeah. of an inside joke to myself. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's a, yeah, it's just classic. Uh, and I I wear a lot of vintage too, which I think is like a cool way to shop because uh, you know it's like sustainable cloth clothing. You know, yeah, shopping absolutely. vintage and upcycled. Thrift. Yeah, yeah, you're just using something that's already been around, so that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. I feel like we could do a whole podcast probably on like each little thing that is <laughs> in your hat, but I think it's time that we play another tune. So let's do that. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. What, what should we play next? Or, or song or whatever. I have a, I guess I have an idea. Um, on the Southwestern theme, we could play Dry and Dusty. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not a, not a tune of the Southwest, but it makes me think. Yeah. I, Do you know that one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I str- I did struggle a bit to like breathe. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah, it it's, was a little hard. It's well, dry yeah. and it's high. It's and, not Portland. Well, and Durango yeah. is uh, you know like medium elevation for Colorado too. It's not exceptionally. It's not as high as a lot of spots. Yeah. I mean, it's hard on the voice when we play like a run of shows in that part of the country. Like I can really feel it because I do most of the lead singing and. I really have to be careful not to push because the vocal cords. Well, apart from dry sweating right profusely, playing in humid and warm environments is the most comfortable. Oh, it's yeah, you're because like instantly your body's warm. loose and your vocal cords feel nice. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're just you're just pre you're that. already warmed up, you know, when you start playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> <laughs> All right, dry and dusty. D D tune. Yeah. Thank you. 
I'm it's loving such this. A pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also having a pleasurable time. Excellent. Uh, I I really like full melody instrument jams. That's I mean, kind of my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's we a cool it thing. Too. So like, I have to take the uh, responsibility for these guys even like playing a lot of this repertoire mm. because I've just kind of made them do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a good way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, this is the thing I, I wanted to ask about because, you know, seeing your show in person for the first time last night was yeah so thrilling because it's so highly arranged and there's these like long sections of improvisation um, where you come back together. I don't and I don't know what the cues are that it's like coming back together into the next section. All this stuff. Uh it's it's very performance oriented music and this what we've been playing is not yeah. which i really love having professional musicians come and play like ple pleasure oriented music not the performance oriented isn't but it's like what do musicians yeah. want to play when they're not doing their whole shebang when you're like uh -huh. off the clock when you're off it. the clock yeah and yeah. so you forced these people to be your, your jamming buddies? I just got really into... <laughs> forced them? Yeah, I just got into old-time music, like, not even that long ago, really. You know, I think I picked up Clawhammer, like, five years ago or something like that, and then um, just wanted to play fiddle, and but have just since then been really kind of just into the scene. And, you know, I found Get Up in the Cool a couple years ago, and... Um, have just really been enjoying watching the current like scene because it kind of feels like old time is having a little bit of a revival which i think is cool there's a lot of really great and to me i think the other cool part of it right now specifically in nashville is the the heavy bluegrassers that are, that are hanging out at d's you know and yeah doing, doing the old time jam like i just find that to be really cool and um you know we haven't been there and been able to participate in one of those old time jams at DZ yet, but hopefully one day we that will align. almost made one. Yeah, we almost made one. But anyway, you know, yeah, it's cool. I just I think it's a cool thing, and I think it's like uh, just a really great like medium for musicians to just like relax, but still be doing something that's like in your wheelhouse. Well, and speaking as someone who I've learned some old time stuff, you know, pre Cody, just. <laughs> Because bluegrass obviously has some old time tunes that yeah. get jammed in it, yeah. um, and I knew you know a number of those, and I had just found my way into old time through some albums that through like Adam Hurt and Raina Gellert, and some albums that I just spun a bunch without really drilling down into what it was exactly or what the yeah, tradition like, was like or anything. This. And I was yeah. like, these melodies are cool, and I learned some of it just kind of by ear, and but I've never really approached it from a rhythm i mostly play rhythm obviously i play all rhythm instruments um but i'm i'm not i guess i'm kind of um a little bit too uh impatient to sit there and strum like for 10 minutes on a tune so i find kind of i guess you know not to like compare myself to uh to some, you know, to a musical hero, but you know, like Stash in uh, yeah. <laughs> Mountain Drifters definitely has that same vibe of like, 
I, I'm just going to kind of do my thing over here. Yeah. And yeah. Let, let me know if you have a problem with yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we haven't been in any, like, really hardcore old-time jams where I yeah. would get, like, a look from somebody. But, I, you know, I'm playing an octave mandolin here that I think sounds cool with this stuff because it can kind of float between melody and, and rhythm. And But I just sort of, like, try to hear stuff in it that seems yeah. cool. But I've never, like, actually formally learned... Even some of these tunes, I don't really know what the chords are. I just know I can tell when something doesn't sound good. You know? <laughs> uh, usually, anyway, you know, like, no, oh, that doesn't really work there. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of how I've found my way into it. And then Cody, obviously, just had this steady stream of all these tunes that he was learning and that when he was in the early days of learning fiddle, we were here like 100 times a day. Oh, and, God, yeah, you know. which is painful for everyone involved, as you know. Yeah, the early days of fiddle playing. But we just were saturated, and, you know, these tunes, you wake up with them in your head, and they just find their way into your daily life. <laughs> and not, not in a bad way, they just are, like, around. Do you have some trauma? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny is, like, when, you know, Cody's partner came to Europe with us, and a couple times she'd be, like, humming a fiddle tune. And Renee I don't even knows, know. Renee knows them, man. Yeah, like, I don't, does she know them by name, well, too? Well, yeah, the, I think there's a tune that Tall Poppy may have done that, like, we play or something, but she, like, yeah, sometimes so, Renee will just be like humming fiddle tunes, and it's just like yeah. so funny because it's just her, a saturation. She says that when we first started talking about music, she's like, "What kind of music do you like?" And I was like, "Well, you know, lately I've just really been into old time music." And so she was like, "Oh, cool! Like, you know, like the Beach Boys and stuff." Sorry, Renee. Yeah. That's that's on whoever decided old time was going to be the name. Yeah, you know, yeah that, that's that true. That is is a truly meaningless name. Yeah, yeah. she's embraced it and has sat through uh, many many an old time session. So yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like I was really hoping for Beach Boys. Yeah. <laughs> stacked out, stacked up, washy harmonies. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's really lovely that y'all have found a way because you like tour your asses off. You play so much. I guess especially like since. Because you got, like, the the Momentum IBMA Award uh, last year, which uh, I assume is because you were deciding to gain some momentum post-COVID, <laughs> and uh, you seem to be... For sure. Have quite a, quite a bit of inertia at this point in terms of, like, how often you are out there working. I think it's really lovely that... Uh, you still play music for pleasure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really great. Inspiring. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, like, the point of it to me, obviously, I'm the bass player in our band, but the point of it to me is, like, if you could just, if you could be do, if you could be playing music, like, why wouldn't you, right? If we're all musicians, like, yeah. it's like our, you know, instead of, it's just like find some other avenue to just constantly be because anything that you put in whether it's on a different instrument or even a different style is going to totally benefit like yeah. your musicality in general mm -hmm. you know and whatever you're doing is going to seep into whatever you, you do professionally or for for your paycheck or whatever so yeah. that's kind of where it's at for me well and i think like a lot of people who get into old time get into it because it's like a kind of pretty ego-free kind of zone to play music like yeah. uh, especially from bluegrass which isn't always that way but you know let's be honest like there's a lot of like check this out you know kind of in in the check bluegrass you know look at what i've 
learned and all this time I've been sitting at home practicing and learning these licks and stuff and you know I I learned to play bluegrass largely like in Boston at the Cantab and mm. uh, which is a kind of beloved you know hub of the New England bluegrass scene but you know the, the heaviest Berkeley kids and all these all these players showing up and it's it's hard to not compare yourself and you know when everyone's just kind of jamming and playing the same melody again and again and again there's no like all right your turn like let's see what you got you know? <laughs> i'm gonna play it like again. it's hard to, uh, <laughs> like when you're going around a circle Sounds and it's too. like someone swiveling the spotlight onto you like yeah. it's hard even if you're not someone who like has ego issues it's hard to not be like oh i gotta you know i right. gotta assert myself and you know and in my case like overplay Typically, I would, would try to like try overshoot, you know, the mark and try to try to like play something that was way more um, based more based in like you know speed or something right. than, than based in taste or groove, you know, and um, that's just the kind of thing that happens when your ego is in the mix when you're playing, you know, whether it's yeah. in a band or a jam or whatever. Well, but. yeah, like a big part of our band. Uh, I think is like our chemistry together and groove and uh, you know that's like my favorite part of old time music is the groove aspect yeah. of it and listening whilst also and you know like people are you know don't don't have all the information about old time if they think that there's not improvisational parts of yeah. old time music you know what I mean so there that's not there is yeah. You know, and you can find it, and that's what makes it kind of interesting, too. It's like it's a more intricate, you know, behind the scenes kind of stuff than it is like at a bluegrass jam at the Cantab. <laughs> <coughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, if people find ways to like present their ego in old time music. I mean that in a neutral way. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. or not necessarily positive or negative. Uh, but um, be yeah, because of the the form of old time music, you know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, the ways that people have to like the, the people endeavor to like be egocentric in old time music are, are sort of bizarre. And I think really, uh, charming ultimately, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. And, but there, right. cause there's, yeah, there's no moment. There's no spotlight moment. You know? Well, like, I just think the whole old time scene is so, it's just so radically different from the rest of music. Like we have uh, some buddies in Durango that y'all know, I think um, six dollar string band, Tony Holmquist, Brendan mm -hmm. Schaefer. Yeah. And uh, those Robin guys Davis, are Robin Davis. Davis. Those guys yeah. are like a, a staple of, of the old time scene in the Southwest for sure. But Brendan was did like solo record and uh, our buddy, Tim Kapustka, who, does all of our design work was doing an album cover for him. And, um, I think they had like picked, you know, basically like the long short is like, you know, Brendan came back and said like, it looks too nice. He's <laughs> 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 like, it, it's not, you know, yeah. it needs to be more, you know, it needs to be jankier basically. It needs to look more like, you know, it needs to look more old time and, yeah. and like it, you can't, you can't, uh, can't make this look too polished, you know, which <laughs> I think is just like a great thing. Like it's refreshing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a great record by the way. It's Brendan, Brendan Schaefer, Schaefer's Lumber Wagon. 
Okay. And now yeah. it has a great cover. Yeah. They came up with a excellent just, cover. Yeah, an appropriate the whole, cover. Yeah, the whole the aesthetic yeah. of old time, the whole kind of um, lack of production on, you know, those guys would go into the studio and record like 30 songs in a day, you know, and they're just sitting around a single mic playing and it's not it's not it's not like a genre that's based on on heavy production or mm. or like well, you know punching in spots that you didn't play perfectly then, yeah or, that is like another thing that i love about old time music is when i was first getting into it and finding all the stuff from like the 70s you know like highway yeah. string band and red hots and and stuff like that where it's just like rowdy and there are substances involved and everyone is having like a really good time though like to me it's about like the you can feel the fun that they were having just sitting around kind of yeah. like we are yeah. playing tunes you know what i mean because yeah. that's how those records were totally made you know yeah. we got to meet joe thrift like uh, a few weeks ago a month ago in north carolina and which was like mind-blowing for me and mm. really just really cool and uh he confirmed but that's, it yeah, was party. I was just like, man, it just sounds like you got, I was like, I got to tell you, man, like, it sounds like you guys just had a blast making those. And he's like, yeah, we super did. So, and that's really great. That's cool. Yeah, they're not agonizing over, yeah. like you are saying, like punch-ins or mm-hmm. Right, it's just a different, or, yeah. it's just a whole different approach to playing yeah. music that I think is really healthy. It's kind of the yin to bluegrass's yang. Well, it totally is, man. And it's a choice too, that you make as a performer of this music, if you're making recorded content too, to like how, how macro do you want to be or micro do you want to be? And like, that is a cool commentary on like how you perceive the music too. Like how raw do you want to do it? Like how folk processy should it be? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'd love to play another tune with y'all, and then maybe after that, we we can hear a, a Stillhouse Junkies uh, performance <laughs> after that, yeah. and then we could end with uh, something. Yeah, Groovy. after Excellent. that. But, um, <laughs> well, what do you want to play next? Yeah, uh, we're still on standard. You want to do Roscoe? Oh yeah, yeah. do Roscoe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me Roscoe. Get mess up we can do this over right <laughs> yeah <laughs> or not <laughs> you can keep that in there if you want screw your classical Liza. all right <laughs>
<laughs> Fred, you are so much fun to play. <laughs> oh, what a delight. Like, it's so good. <laughs> it's like totally outside of, yeah. uh, like, you know, because yeah. I don't think Fred consumes a lot of a lot of old-time music and you're listening pleasurable times. So well, and that, that's a tune that I've played and heard enough, but yeah. if, you, if you were like, sing the melody of Roscoe, like, not a clue. <laughs> Absolutely no idea how that Which one goes. Which is like a cool thing to have in a, the rhythm player. In the yeah. it's like, you know, you don't really know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like a lot of old time tunes that it, I don't know if Roscoe has a, a melody. That's fair enough. It's right. a vibe. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. Especially yeah. the, the B part's just like shuffling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the whole thing with uh, Bob's Farewell and how we ended up jamming it. The first that, tune. The first yeah. tune we played, uh, how we ended up jamming it super backbeat. You're like... Yeah. <laughs> because, Fred, because Fred just like heard us playing that one day and, and that's he, like, what he did. And he like came out with his mandolin and just started like, doing yeah. that. That's how it goes, right? Yeah. 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 Well, it. there was some beers involved, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. And the, you know, the Wildmans do, do oh, a really yeah, great of uh, arrangement of that tune as well but yeah no that's like well, one of our favorites we too. were in we were backstage jamming with an actual old time band at, uh, at a festival and um it very like amicably but i you know looked over a couple times and the guitar player was like mouthing mouthing chords to me i was like oh i'm, I'm not actually <laughs> oh no no, no i'm no, not no. actually trying to play this yeah. correctly man <laughs> like I'm, I'm totally just like <laughs> Like, I can go over there if it's yeah, it was bothering like, you, but... Yeah, Stuart with, like, oh, yeah. stumblers. Well, he's like, it's like I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just, like, just like, kind of, you know... Like, Yonder Mountain was on main stage, so it was really loud, too. Yeah. That was, like, that one was, of the more epic old times. Yeah, it was, like, Yonder over here and us over here trying to jam backstage and Fred just doing his thing. Yeah. Well, because it's, to me, it's, uh... That's another thing that's cool about it. Like you said, these tunes aren't... Like bluegrass is, you know, when you're talking about fiddle tunes, there's usually like a version that people have, have learned. And I'm sure that's the case in old time too, but it seems so much more like ethereal and kind of just like, it's like uh, impressionistic, you know, and you can approach it that way if you're playing rhythm, as long as you're not clashing with someone else who's playing yeah. rhythm. But if you're the only one playing rhythm, which I am usually when these guys are playing these tunes, I'm just kind of like, I wonder what this chord will sound like <laughs> against it. And, uh, it's totally open to that because yeah. the melodies are so kind of like patterny and yeah. loopy and you know what I mean? It's almost like, uh, it's like the EDM of, of, uh, of <laughs> acoustic <laughs> music, you know, that, it's just, is that. and you know, EDM is like you layer and build and change harmony in the background of a melody yeah. and stuff. And like, that's one of the things that I think is fun about it. And I'm sure there are other you know, well, people out there who approach it similarly. Well, but for me, I'm just kind of... Like, that's what's happening right now in the scene to me. Like, I feel like I look at, you know, George Jackson, man, is a great example. Yeah, and, of and Jake about, and, like, yeah, all Jake that Lund, vibe yeah. of all this stuff is, that like... Tune Rash, Tune Hash record, the record... Tune Rash. Tune Rash. <laughs> 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 the sequel. I've got yeah. that, too, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank God this is uh, only a podcast. So, no, no, um, the Tune Hash thing, but, you know, it all goes back to, like, the John Hartford, like, Windows system of old-time music and, like, you know, the stuff that John Showman and uh, now Chris Cool do and, like, oh, yeah. stuff like that. You know, the... Just all like the whole current, it's a healthy, like contemporary scene right now. I think that's cool. But yeah, like Fred, and then Fred is like bringing up his favorite parts of 
old time from a person that doesn't super love it is that. And I think it's a really cool thing that we have going on mm-hmm. in the scene right now. Right. Fred, will you, uh, and I'm, I'm sure with, with help, uh, tell us about the conception of Stillhouse Junkies? Yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> uh, I actually started this band with a cu- with another guy in Durango right when I moved to town. I moved to, to Durango in uh, late 2016, and uh, like kinda, straight from France. Uh, no, okay. I was living. No, I was in I was in Boston. I was living okay. in Boston for oh, right, for right. Uh, the, the a little over it. a decade and uh, teaching high school, and I was ready to move on from that whole scene and. But I kind that of was your pencil skirt job. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was I was teaching, yeah, teaching Chinese uh, to a bunch of high school kids for like fifteen years, and uh, yeah, Fred speaks Chinese too, by the way. I was there's another layer. That's of a, me. All right, that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I okay, yeah. okay. I want to hear about. I want to hear the Stillhouse Junkies story. So I'm going to let you move on. <laughs> <laughs> but I moved out to Durango and kind of. I did the same thing I did when I moved to Boston, which I, not knowing anyone in town, I just found, I looked up like bluegrass gyms in the area and there was one happening at the time anyway. I don't know if it still happens regularly, but it was every Wednesday night in the basement of this Irish pub. And it was pretty well attended. It was usually like 10 or 15 people. And I just figured if I went to that, Musicians are usually cool, almost always really cool, and I would meet a bunch of people that way. And I think the second week I was in town, I met Alyssa at one of those jams. And then, you know, I met people through that who said, hey, there's this jam happening, uh, Christmas party jam thing happening. Mm. This is like in the first few weeks I was in town, uh, and Cody was at that. So I kind of, we didn't like immediately hang out and play beyond that but we all knew each other at that point and then i got this weekly gig going with this guy at a distillery in durango and it was the two of us and we brought someone in to play bass that was not cody and then Alyssa kind of joined and then we swapped out bass players later that year and then we dropped to just the three members maybe a year, little over a little over a year after the band started and that was about kind of when we started to, to try to take it Seriously, and also I had been trying to uh, write music forever and I had never gotten anywhere with anything. I'd never written a single song until I moved to Durango. And then I just, for whatever reason, mm. being in a new environment or something about the place or that I was in in my life or something, I, I was suddenly able to, to do that mm. and uh, started to write stuff and, you know, perform some of these original songs. And we started to really focus on being an original band and trying to play mostly original music. And, um, that all kind of, you know, happened, you know, mid 2018 we started to try to get out of town more and play shows and, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't set out to do music full time as a thing. You know, I just was like, music's always been a good, um, avenue into other areas of life and it's a good way to meet interesting people. And, I kind of leaned into that, which is exactly what I did in Boston. And that was how I met my whole friend group there. So that was kind of the genesis of the band was just like a weekly residency at this distillery. So, mm. um, and then, yeah, I think somewhere along the way we realized like, yeah, we could actually, this is, has like legs as a project and sounds cool and people really were responding to it. And 
we have chemistry, the three of us, and we started to kind of hit it harder and rehearse more regularly. Mm. And yeah, uh, when you were talking about the yeah, origins, uh, I was like, wow, uh, it's really hard for me to imagine this this band being anything other than the three of you on your on your three instruments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like that wasn't the concept, but you were listening right. to the, the group dynamics and like the sound and it very organically over a long period of time mm-hmm. became that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we had a fourth member for about a year and it just wasn't like the vibe. It felt like we were a band with this one other like member that was just kind of there, yeah, like playing along, you know. But it kind of like, and uh, you know, it felt like we needed to just be like, because we when we originally dropped to three, we talked about should we look for a, a replacement, and we had to retool all of our harmonies and yeah. all of our arrangements, and you know, figure out where to put solos and um but we the more we kind of stuck with the trio the more we felt like it was yeah what a beautiful uh, metaphor that you know this kind of started as like a gig at a distillery mm-hmm. and like that's wow. been your it's yeah. been your process <laughs> yeah this is like the the bonded version of the band you know bottled in bond bond. yeah Yeah, (laughs) still house junkies it's all i mean yeah yeah. it would be a shame to not hear a still house junkies song as opposed to just your uh kitchen music so (laughs) what what do you want to play for us Great me, me and the listening audience. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about doing a tune of Cody's that he wrote on banjo. Oh, yeah. Um, just because it kind of dovetails with the old time thing. Okay, cool. And he's written some stuff on the banjo that we have yeah. adapted to the band. So That would be awesome. I, I mean, as long as you play some bass <laughs> on this episode... Oh, this is, I'm going to play bass on this. And banjo? No, or no, no, you no, wrote no. it on so, banjo? yeah, this is oh, the cool okay. thing. Yeah, so Very good. The tie-in here is kind of like, I, I actually put out a solo banjo record in 2020, and this oh, is yeah. a song that is on that, but also was adapted, we adapted into the band. So it definitely like is uh, cool. pretty different than, than just the solo Clawhammer version that's on that record, but then... It's a very, we call it junkifying, and we kind of yeah. take a song and make it our own. Song. But if listeners want to hear Cody do this on banjo, it's also on YouTube. Okay, uh, I have a right. video for it on YouTube, yeah. and then, yeah, the perennial is the name of the album that I okay, did in 2020. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, cool. I I was just telling you last night, like, how, how much of a treat it is to, like, watch a good upright bassist like <laughs> go to work and uh, i just felt cradled darn, darn right. in your yeah. like uh in the groove oh, and uh yeah just uh-huh. walked around oh. <laughs> uh, yeah i was i could wax enthusiastic about that for longer well, but thank you i'm me. glad that you're i'm glad that you're playing bass on the <laughs> on this song yeah yeah um well should we maybe Switch reorient and, and uh, yeah, yeah. Right. What's what's the name of this tune? Haskell Town. Haskell Town. Okay, cool. Ready, yeah, yeah. ready when you are. All right. All right. I'm gonna sip my coffee and, and record y'all. Heck yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
with my head in my hands I've been luckier than some at the race Who didn't want to throw out my best laid plans Here in high school town Signed up quick and signed up fast Thank you, Cameron. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, we've reassembled in our chairs back from uh, the the still house performance moment. That was awesome. So good to hear it acoustically. I heard it last night. You all played that last night, I believe. But we did. Uh, it was. I like the acoustics out here more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we are an acoustic band, and we we yeah. definitely still like you know lean into that and want to be that. Yeah, something I I, I notice is that like your dynamics uh, did did not need microphone like you did not need the microphone to be like to move around very much around it like uh you know you know what i'm trying to say like oftentimes i think especially for like guitar solo moments um the mixing is done by positioning Mm -hmm. but it was very much like done by like your well, we try to just be a dynamic, actual dynamic. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it was like, awesome yeah. to see. Yeah, because we don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't have the 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 physical distance between because we we run like a fully plugged in with DI. Yeah. we run in ear monitors. It's very much like you know we show up looking kind of like an electric band, but it's really because we want consistency and you know good tone every night and yeah. the same monitor mix more or less every night. Right. But at the heart of all of us, we're all like super into being like acoustic musicians. We all really love our instruments and want them to sound like yeah. proper, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so since we don't have the physical microphone to work around, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, you actually have to like play softer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It was actually really thrilling to like. Um, I love that solo, but it, what was equally enjoyable was watching the two of you play the same note over and over again uh immaculately <laughs> like i was like that's the skill piece <laughs> you know like just wow. as much as as like a ripping guitar solo you know it's like and then the three of you all playing that together is yeah just so great <laughs> in the trio it's like for the for me as the bass player i'm always like battling on whether or not i'm playing like too much or not enough and like when fred is soloing i think it's like I have gotten to the point to where I really tried to play like less in a way, if, especially if he's like doing something that's really cool is when, is when I'll try to like get out of the way more, but I really enjoy trying to like pick up on rhythmic stuff that Fred does and like respond mm-hmm. to it and get into that. And we can kind of groove in different mm-hmm. ways through parts like that. Yeah. It was like the most engaged, like, Dun, 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 I've heard in a band in like a long time. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> like they're not checking out right they're now. They're playing yeah. the shit out of those quarter notes. Oh man. my God. <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> this, I mean, this is, this is like a total like old time musician reaction to yeah, like, dude. you know, to the, to that performance. It's like solo was great. I loved when you played the two notes over and over again. Well, dude, there's yeah. a, it's a whole yeah. YouTube subgenre like guitar teacher reacts. You should have like old time musician reacts. <laughs> reacts. Yeah, I've been really wanting to make that a video series of tour because like Alyssa will try things and she has the best reaction of like when Fred and I try new things, it's boring, but. Alyssa trying new things is like very I have, yeah. entertaining. Where's I have your, a very expressive face. Where's your heart on her sleeve? Yeah, yeah. I need to can't, start can't recording those. Things. And then my master plan is to cut them into like a massive <laughs> yeah. of just like a thousand <laughs> Alyssa reacts moments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you two are like wearing like 
sunglasses and stuff. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I try to wear sunglasses, but I can't get used to it. <laughs> gonna have to wear my my face out out in the world <laughs> wear your face yeah. Out, yeah you heard it here folks you heard it here you gotta go home with the one that brung you <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i could chew on that for a long time again we have to move forward we have to plug your band where do people go to get your music in person or recorded uh, do you have any new things coming up that people should be excited about on the lookout for? How do people follow what you're up to? All that stuff. So for anything junkie related, really, you can just check out our website, stillhousejunkies.com. Anything junkie related. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Junkies is band related, related. <laughs> but no, um, we are very busy. We tour a lot. So I'm sure wherever mm-hmm. y'all are listening from there's a good chance we'll be through your, your area. And our tour dates are on the website, stillhousejunkies.com. And the new album is also available on the website. It's called Small Towns. Really excited to yep. be finally getting that out in the world. Yep. And shout out to our label, Dark Shadow Recording, mm-hmm. and Steven and Yana Mojin for all their help. And and is this song uh, also on this album? Yeah. And, and it, because it's a song about a small town. Haskell Town is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It is on the new record. It's on the new record. Which is great. And did I hear last night that there was a song about Mancos? Yes. Yeah, yeah. is that on it as well? That is not uh, because we released that as a single oh, okay. uh, a couple years ago. So that's back. already out. But that's a theme. That's uh-huh. a, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mancos kind of said it in it. There was this lovely moment last night where I was just like, I I was hearing like the vibe of the song and I was just sort of assuming that you were saying Memphis. And then I was like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> That's Mancos. I've been there. Yeah. 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 So you've been there. Yeah. You played a show yeah. there. Probably the only there. song ever written about this town, maybe. Probably, yeah. man. Probably. Yeah. To our knowledge. People Love were it. pretty pumped when we debuted it over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that one's already out in the world, but we've got uh, three singles out as of the time of this recording, and then, you know, the new record's coming out on September 10th. So oh, great. Can't we're, wait. We're really excited. Cool. Uh, well, I, I didn't know what the, like, release schedule... I. I'm excited to have this be a part of the release. I just Man, wanted to have yeah. an old time yeah. jam with you, but this is yeah. great. Yeah, this cool. So Good timing. Fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> right on. It's yeah. the pre-release tour. Yeah. Well, it's really been a pleasure sitting down and getting to like hang out with you. Yeah. Same. Absolute yeah. highlight. Yeah. Of what our a tour. treat. Huh. Yeah. Thanks so much for including us. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you don't have too far, didn't have too far to go for your next show. Same. So that you could actually. Yeah. Pencil this in. Easy, yeah. easy day. Easy drive. Well, thank you. And what do you want to do for our final musical moment? It's a great question. Whew. We could do another uh, Still House Junkies thing. We could do an old time jam. Um, can rage uh, another fiddle tune. Yeah, let's rage another fiddle tune. Yeah. 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 yeah what, what are you thinking? Alyssa? Absolutely. Um, I'll try not to go into Redbury Dawn. So we have this. I don't know if you saw the sticker that's on Alyssa's. I showed Cameron. Yeah, yeah, but please tell her. Yeah, please. Well, the story is that jam we were talking about at Picking in the Blinds, where like Yonder Mountain is on the main stage and we're backstage with the Slow County Stumblers from San Luis Obispo. And we're playing Road to Malvern, and then we get done and. 
someone calls Red Parade Dawn, and we're like, yeah, these tunes are kind of similar, actually, but we go into it, and then the entire jam collectively goes into the B part of Road to Malvern instead of the B part to yep. Red yeah. Parade Dawn. <laughs> and it was just this collective, like, kind of mistake. Yeah. It was, like, pretty cool. But I was like, oh, man, all roads lead to Malvern. Like, Road to Malvern's kind of one of those tunes that has favorite components of a fiddle tune that's it, all mashed into one. It understands something about the, like, A tune. Yep. Yeah. It's unlocked something. It hits all, yeah. checks all the boxes. And, and maybe every tune, or maybe every A tune should go da 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 ba ba Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's such a hearty song. <laughs> well, shout out to Tim Childress. Yes. Thanks for writing this tune. That has uh, annexed and absorbed every other A tune. Yes. Every other party A tune. Uh-huh. Want me to kick it? Um, sure.
Stillhouse Junkies' new album, Small Towns, is out now. Go take a listen and buy yourself a copy. You can find links to that at stillhousejunkies.com. While you're there, check out their tour dates. They're on the road a lot. They've got shows coming up in Wisconsin and Colorado, and they'll probably come your way before too long. I'm only going to plug one extra thing this week, and that's to support this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. That and the Stillhouse Junkies website is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>